0: Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, um, hey, Hey, I am so excited, 2020, going to be great. How many of you a new habit in 2020? Maybe a new diet, maybe a new reading, maybe you're starting to to do school, maybe you're... I love New Year's, because there's no greater time to watch people fail at resolutions than than New Year's. (laughs) I mean, it's like, if if I was a betting man, you know, maybe we could make a lot of money betting on resolutions. I think they say something like 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by Easter, okay? So think about that, you're like four months in. But I believe today that we can create some resolutions that will not only change us personally, but will continue to change the rest of our year. It's why we do 21 days of prayer at the beginning of the year. It's to refocus. It's to bring back clarity to our hearts, our minds. As the year goes on, there are many things that take place. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves driving with a windshield that's full of stuff. You ever drive with a windshield? Like um, I woke up the other morning and it was like 30 degrees, Okay, which it also was this morning. But then it just went outside like 10 minutes ago and it's like 100 degrees. So I don't know. That's why I'm wearing. I'm like, I don't know what to wear, a sweater, a shirt, shorts. I don't know what to wear anymore. So you ever, I get out and I'm driving and there's ice all over the windshield. And so I'm trying to see through the ice. And, you know, everybody, how many of you are, when you roll your window down and you just peek your head out? None of us wait in the driveway till it actually goes away, correct? Like that's, that'd be far too safe. It's more enjoyable when you don't know if you're going to hit something. So I, uh, you know, you, you hang the head out the window. I'm, I'm trying to wipe the inside. I'm, ha. <laughs> on the inside, trying to get stuff off. And in the middle of doing it, I had a realization that sometimes that's how we live life. We have a whole windshield of life. And if we're not careful to clean it off, we'll go year to year to year to year to age, to age, to age, to age. And you'll be 90 still trying to see through stuff that happened to you when you were 16. But God's desire is that we would get a fresh start. 2020 is a new year, that we're going to start fresh, that you're going to clean your windshield of life so that you can see clearly where God wants to take you this year. Amen. Hey, I believe that Fresh Air is going to do that. This is a sermon series written by my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands. I love it. It's a book. If you love the series, you should read his book. It's amazing. This book changed my life, and I think it will do a lot for you all this month as well. Hey, let's pray, and we'll jump into it. God, thank you so much. Thank you that you created this relationship with you, God, to be life-giving, to be a breath of fresh air, to be something, God, that, that, that we get to do, not that we have to do. I pray today, God, that you would open the eyes of our heart, bring revelation to us like only you can. Let us get closer to you and closer to each other today. Bless our time together in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. One of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten about our church was... When someone came up to me and said this line, because I had watched my pastor write this book and he started the book with this story. And, and when we started the church, I had just finished reading that book and said, God, I wish someone, my goal, I remember telling Alex, my goal is that one day someone says this to me. That's the kind of church I want to build. And here's what they said. They said, coming to church is like a breath of fresh air. Like, it's not tedious. It's not taxing. It's not something I have to do. It's so enjoyable. And somebody came up to me and said that to me in probably the first six months of the church, and I went home, and I was crying. And I was just, why are you crying? And I said, well, one, I just cry a lot. But two, I, I was like, I've, I just, the fact that they feel that way is the kind of church I've always wanted to create. Growing up, church was not like that for me. The Bible says, let us go, let us be glad to go worship at the house of the Lord. And I'd hear that as a kid and be like, more like sad when you go worship at the house of the Lord. Like, this is not fun. I don't know if you grew up in a church environment like maybe I did, but it felt like very stiff and very religious. How many of your moms were? And I was worried about getting in trouble, and I got pinched by my mom 47 times. And, like, how many of your moms were pinchers? Or if you're from, if you're from Houston, pinchers. How many of you say pinchers? It's the incorrect way. Pinchers would be the correct way. And um, my mom, you know, it was, it was something I had to do, not something I got to do. And I think many times we can find ourselves there in life, not only spiritually, but in every area of our life. We can find ourselves strapped to a routine so strictly that it doesn't feel like we're even living life. It feels like we're breathing stagnant air, not fresh air. This series comes from this verse, 2 Timothy 1.16. May the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all of Aren't you glad we don't name children like that anymore? May the Lord bless Onesiphorus and all his family because he visited me and encouraged me often. His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air, and he was never ashamed of my being in jail. Hey, what is Paul saying? Paul's writing Timothy, and he's telling Timothy what's going on. He's been in jail. He's been writing. He wrote half of the New Testament from prison, and as he's there, he's saying, listen... This journey is hard, this journey is difficult, but God has put some people on this journey with me to revive me, to be a breath of fresh air to me. How many of you know you need those people in your life? You need people that are a breath of fresh air to you. None of us can do this journey alone. If you see someone who looks like they're doing the journey alone, I promise, they're not or they're miserable. Because none of us can do this journey alone. And I meet with people all the time, and you're like, who do you hang out with? Well, you know, it's just me and my wife, and that's kind of our, 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 our click. And I'm like, you don't have to tell me anymore. You're unhappy. Okay? We have to have people in our lives to cheer us on. We have to have people that are breath of fresh air. You have to have people that, when you're down, can pick you up. And this is what Paul is saying. He's writing, Timothy, saying, this is what gives me fresh air, is these relationships, these moments with him where he gets to encourage me spiritually. There's a place that if you're sailing, any sailors? Anybody a sailor? It's kind of weird when you meet a sailor, because like, not a lot of people know how to sail anymore. But back in the day, obviously, that's all they had. And you couldn't sail unless the winds were right, because you'd go out and the boat would take you wherever wherever the, you, the wind current you got in. Now, there's two trade winds. There's ones that go kind of north and south, and they cross each other. And what would happen is when you would get in a boat and you'd be sailing, there was an area right at the top of the globe where if you got in, it's called the doldrums. You ever heard of the doldrums? And the doldrums are an area where the air crosses each other, and because it creates a dead zone, kind of like the eye of a hurricane, it creates a dead zone, and there's no wind there. And if you would get stuck in the doldrums, you were just there. There's no no motor. You can't paddle out. People were dying there. It was because they got stuck in the doldrums. How many of you know in life we can get stuck in some doldrums of our own? Maybe it's a physical doldrum that you're stuck in. Maybe it's a spiritual doldrum that you're stuck in. Maybe it's a relational doldrum you're stuck in. But many times, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves there and spend the majority of our lives just trying to survive instead of living a life that God intended you to live. Instead of having fresh air. Instead of having relationships that help you thrive. Instead of having people that cheer you on spiritually. We can find ourselves stuck in the doldrums. There's three ways we get in the doldrums. I want to give them to you this morning. Number one, when we've drifted away. When we've drifted away, you ever try and swim at the ocean and swim a straight line? Okay, when I was stationed in, in, um, when I was in the Air Force, I was stationed at Eglin Air Force Base, which is in Destin, Florida, and so we'd go out to the beach all the time. And you'd go swimming. We'd always try and start and go, okay, well, let's swim to the beach so you can get there first. But inevitably, somebody would end up like a half a mile down the beach that way. Somebody would end up a half a mile down the beach this way. Neither of you were where you intended to go. What happened? Well, as you started swimming, even though you felt like you were swimming in a straight line, the circumstances happening around you were pulling you in a direction that you didn't even realize you were going. Hey, relationships can be like that sometimes. Life can be like that sometimes. You started and you're going, okay, God, I'm seeking you in 2019. I'm running to you in 2019. 2019's my year, God. And for some of us, we found ourselves in December going like, do I even know God anymore at the end of 2019? I, I started this way and wanted to go here, and, but I got way over here and I don't know where I'm at. Life can sometimes be like that. And we're tempted to be pulled away and drift away. I encourage you, 21 days of prayer is going to be a great time for you to refocus where you're going, for you to stand up and look and go, okay, God, where are you taking me? Where is this journey going? I want to refocus all that I have so that I end up where God called me to go. Number two, we neglect the basics. We neglect the basics. Any of you CrossFitters in here? Any CrossFitters? You see, no hands, because we'd already know if there was, I promise that have told every single person in this room. When you, <laughs> and everybody who has a friend that does CrossFit said amen. Um, yeah, listen, you know. If you, if you, they're like having an Aggie friend. Like you're, they're going to know about it. You know, They're, they're going to talk about it all the time or get a Dallas Cowboys friend or, you know. They're never going to get the results they planned for, but you're going to hear about it a lot. Um, <laughs> so when you go to CrossFit, They start you on this CrossFit, like, beginner's class. It's part of the reason why I refuse to go to it, because I'm like, you're not putting me over there with, like, the 90-year-old ladies that are trying to learn form, okay? I'm not doing it. So you go to doing the stuff you see on TV. What it is is they just teach you form. So it's like, no way, it's, you know, everyone else is over there screaming and doing the stuff you see on TV, and you're over there in the corner. You're like, okay, like this? Like, imagine the bar. You're like, is it here and lower? It's here? Where? I don't know where. What am I grabbing? I don't know what I'm grabbing, It's it's an entry class to teach you the basics because what they say is if you start adding weight too soon you'll get to a place where you ignore the basics and you'll get hurt your body function won't happen the way it's supposed to your 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 what's the word I'm looking for um, Mechanics. mechanics your body mechanics thank you won't be what they're supposed to be and you'll end up getting hurt that way and I don't know if you remember when CrossFit started there was like a lot of people getting hurt like everybody that started CrossFit was getting hurt. And so they started putting in all these things, saying, hey, we've got to teach people the right mechanics to do early on so that when the weight comes, they don't lose it and hurt themselves. Hey, how many of you know that's how your spiritual journey with God is? If you will learn the basics and if you will not neglect them and if you will learn the mechanics of how this relationship works now when the weight comes on of life because it happens to all of us, you'll fall back to the right spiritual mechanics instead of getting hurt. Amen. So, yeah, that was a great place. I was like, wow, surely they're going to clap this time. (laughs) Number three, when we've lost our purpose, when we've lost our purpose, there may be no better way to defeat an opponent than for them to forget why they're fighting. There's no better way to defeat an opponent than for them to forget why they're fighting. You ever try and fight? Like, I, I, when I like to fight, like, it's just, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's being from all boys, maybe it's just, I'm just like an aggressive person at times. It's like me and my brothers fought, I got in the military, we fight, you know. And, and, and there's something about fighting for me that I have to, it has to be like, like, I don't like to fight my friends. You know what I mean? You know why? Because there's no purpose in it for me. Like, there's a purpose if if I'm competing. There's a purpose if I'm protecting. There's a purpose if I'm even mad. There's a purpose. But when it's my friends and they just go, let's just fight, I've always been like, I'm like, I can't even get into that. Why can't I get into it? Because there's no purpose to it. There's no end goal that's desirable to me. You know, when you get depressed, when you get anxious, when you get frustrated, when you get lonely, when you get sad, you know what the enemy does? He's making you forget why you fight. He's, he's getting you to forget what you're fighting for. And so here's the conversations with ourselves. They sound like this. Why am I even doing Why am I waking up and praying and doing all this? God, I don't even know what. What am I even doing in my life? God, why am I going to read this book and do these self-help things? And I'm going to put all these disciplines in for what, God? Like I don't even know what I'm doing on this earth. And he can get you to forget why you're in the fight, and it will create a doldrum in your life. It will feel stagnant. It will feel neutral. It will feel like you're running in place. It will feel like you can't get any traction when you forgot the purpose God gave you. Hey, I want to give you today three ways to fight through these doldrums. There is a secret to keeping it fresh. There is a secret to staying fresh in your relationship with God. You ever see people with great marriages and go, I would love to have a marriage like that. Every single one of them that you ask, they will say there is a secret to having a great marriage. I love asking people who have been married like 80 years. Those are the best. You meet them, and they're old, and you just go, every time I just go, what did you do? Like 80 years, that's a long time. You know, 60 years, man, that's a long time. How did you all stay married that long? And almost across the board, they all say the same thing. Oh, you know, you just keep it fresh. You just... I'm like, yeah, but at 80, how fresh can you be? Like to be <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, like, what, what what new tricks are you pulling out of the bag at 75? I don't know. What? And I love to talk to them and hear them talk about keeping their relationship fresh. Sometimes one lady told me, we hide this little doll that I got when I was 20, and we hide it around the house, and when the other person finds it, it's their like their turn to hide it. And then they leave something there and they say, We've been doing this game for like 30 years. That's awesome. What are they doing? They're keeping it fresh. They're keeping it fresh. Hey, spiritually, there is a trick to keeping it fresh. There is a spiritual trick to keeping it fresh. Maybe you've done religion or you've done church, but have you ever done a relationship with God that fuels you and feels like a breath of fresh air? That's what God intended for all of us. This thing was never supposed to be a have-to of all the list of rules and requirements and things you need to do or not do so that you can be close to Jesus. And me and Eli are having this conversation this morning on the way to church. We're driving, and I say, hey, dude, um, you know, why don't you preach this morning? And he goes, I'm not preaching. I said, yeah, you just get up there and preach on something. He goes, oh, what would I even preach about? i might just talk about, you know, why you love Jesus so much. And then he said the most profound thing he could have ever said that I think if all of us were honest, that we would say. He said, but I don't know why I love Jesus so much. I don't know why I love Jesus so much, Dad. And he said it, and I thought, the funny thing is, most of us do this and we go through it, and the reason we get stuck in a doldrum is because you've yet to understand fully why you need to love Jesus so much. But if you understood how far off that you were, then you would understand how great the need for Jesus is. And the reason I am so thankful for Jesus is because me on my best day of doing everything I could, could never measure up to the standard that God needed to look at me and call me righteous. That's why I needed Jesus. When I needed someone to pay a price for me that I could never pay myself, when I understand that, it makes me very thankful for Jesus. When I understand that, it makes me very excited about Jesus. When I understand that, it keeps my relationship fresh with him. Three ways to stay fresh. Jesus tells us this in Luke 11. He boils it down to prayer. Jesus is praying, and he's, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So the disciples are watching Jesus, and they're noticing something. They're noticing that Jesus has times where even he goes away and spends time with God. So think about it. Jesus is all God and he's all man. And there's still several times where we see Jesus go, hey, I'm going to go and just spend time with my father. I'm going to go and pray. I'm going to go. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm going to go wipe my windshield of life off. I'm going to go clear this off so I can see clearly what God has called me to do and created me to do. I need a fresh start. I need to wipe away what just happened. I need to start over. And how do you do it? By praying. By praying praying, his disciples say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus begins to teach them the Lord's Prayer. As you go into 21 days, we have some prayer guides that we're going to have for you this week. And um, if you've never used them, I encourage you, it is a game changer. Some of you I know are sitting here going like, Christian, I've never prayed more than like five minutes in my life. Like, what is that? What more do you pray for? How, how many of that's you? you? You go like, I don't know. What do I, what, I sit down and I pray for everything in like three minutes? And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess, guess that's it like finger pistols to God, you know, thanks. I don't know. I guess we'll talk later. Like Most of us, that's how our prayer relationship can be until we learn what Jesus taught his disciples. And in that book, it walks you through it. It literally gives you some word-for-word prayers you can pray in there. It gives you prayers to pray over your family. It gives you prayers to pray over your marriage. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. The disciples realize this. This is why they go to Jesus and go, teach us how to pray. Because, Jesus, however you're praying is working, teach us how to do that. What does that look like? I want to give you three ways in the next 21 days as you go through praying that I want you to focus on in your prayer. Number one, connect with God relationally. Connect with God relationally. Listen to me. God is not the big brother, the eye in the sky. That is not God. God's not watching you like Santa with a list, like checking it, oh, that you better not be naughty. That's not, that's in a you're not getting any good things in 2020. I think sometimes we view God like that. We feel like that. You mess up and you're like, that's it. I know something bad's gonna happen later this week. And then later that week when you get a flat tire, you're like, this was it was because of that. I knew it. It was all right, God, we're even now. We're good. Like you ever feel like that with God? Okay, God, like I did three bad things and three bad things have happened to me. So we're good now? Is that clear the slate. That's not how our relationship with God is. Our relationship with God is a relationship. It is meant to be an intimate interaction between him and I. Listen, nothing of, of, I've never come home and been like, oh God, maybe Alex is mad at me and so she's not going to cook dinner today. Like, I don't know. You know why? Because Alex loves me in spite of me. She loves me in spite of my flaws, in spite of my failures, in spite of the same way that God loves us in spite of our failures, in spite of our flaws, in spite of our mess-ups, in spite of our shortcomings. He is a father who is relationally waiting to connect with you. I was out of town some this week, and when I got back in town, Eli last night goes, Dad, can we just spend some time together? I'm like, sure, what do you want to do? There's a Saints game on, or Patriots game on. He goes, well, let's watch the Patriots game. So we go, and we go out to dinner, and me and him are sitting there. And I find he's just standing behind me, and his head's just resting on my shoulder. And there was a moment that I realized, this is really all that God wants from us. This moment of he just wants to be with me. He's not even. He doesn't even care about the teams that are playing. We're having conversation that's not even about the game. He just wants to be close to me. How I many of you know that's what God wants from us? He just wants to be close to you. He just wants to be connected to you. He wants you to take times throughout the day and stop and go, Hey, God, I just want you to know I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful as I'm driving my car to my job that I'm not walking, God. Thank you so much for what you've given me. Thank you for my family. Thank you for healthy things. I love the meme probably some of you all have seen that says, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thanked God for today? What if you woke up with tomorrow only the things you thanked God for today? That's a deep thought. And that's a strong question. And I daily try and make it to where, God, I don't want to ever get comfortable to relying on me. I want to always be so careful and cautious to rely fully and wholly on you, God. I need you as much as my son needs his father is how much I need my father. He calls us to connect with him relationally. Romans 8, 15. And you have to understand what I'm about to tell you in order for this to happen. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. What is he saying? He's saying what we just talked about. I'm, I don't live a relationship with God like, oh, oh God, okay. Is it a fearful slave. That's not my, That's religion. That's church. Sometimes we have these conversations. Y'all go, how do I know the difference? That's the difference. When you live in fear, when you're not sure if God accepts you, when you that's religion. That's not what this is. This is a relationship with God. And he says, here's what it looks like. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. When you start your prayer time, he's saying connect with God relationally. I encourage you when you start your prayer time tomorrow, start it with, God, I just want to tell you how much I love you. God, I'm so thankful that I'm healthy. You want to know how much stuff you should be thankful for? Start thanking God for stuff. It's pretty amazing when you start thanking him and you go like, I, God, I'm thankful I have, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm walking around. I, I have all my limbs. God, I'm thankful my children are healthy. I'm thankful they're not sick. God, I'm thankful my spouse is healthy. God, I'm thankful my bills are paid. God, I'm thankful that my, I have a house. God, I'm thankful that I have a car. I don't have to, work to walk to work in the morning in the freezing. Like, God, I am so thankful. And the more thankful you begin to become, the more you realize how much you have to be thankful for. Connect with God relationally tomorrow. I saw a thing one time and it said, prayer should look like a long conversation, a conversation in a long car ride with your best friend. You talk as much as you listen. So I encourage you, think of that tomorrow when you're praying. When you start your conversations with your best friend, do you roll in like, hey, God, I'm going to need $5,000 this week and please a new girlfriend. Thank you. All right. That's not, that's not, you, you probably started by going like, hey, how are you doing? Like, what's up? You want to hang out? You want to go, you want to go, you want to go have lunch? You want to go sit down and talk? Let's, okay, hey, tell me, how's your day going? Oh, cool. Let me tell you about my day. Hey, let me tell you something exciting that happened to me. God wants to talk to you like that. I know you think maybe you've never done that before. And so it sounds kind of, but that's what my conversations with God sound like. God, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. God, this happened this week. That was so cool. Thank you so much for arranging that for me. Like I just, I, that, that moment there, God, I knew that you were just you were just smiling down going like, this is for you. Like, I, I want him to know I feel as much for him as I do for any relationship here. Because that is the relationship that's going to last forever. My godfather is, is a, a Cajun, South Louisiana man. And he's, he's a great guy. He's a good Catholic man. just But he's, he's just a normal Cajun, okay, hard-working, blue-collar guy. And he calls me last night. Actually, his daughter calls me. She goes, hey, your, your pa-ran's in the hospital. He said to call you. That's what they call if you're Cajun. It's your pa-ran's like your godfather. So I said, well, what what happened to him? So I hear him in the back. Pastor, pray for me. You're closer to the big man than me. I need you to throw one up for me, pastor. I'm like, hey, hey, big Dave, what happened, man? Oh, I got his, like a brain tumor. It's like serious. They take it off. Man, I'm, I'm going to be praying. He goes, well, I told him, call him. He's closer to the big man than me. He'll listen to him. And then I said, hey, Big Dave, you know how you could get closer to the big man if you just talk to him more? And then he said, well, don't worry. He got me talking now. (laughs) How many of you know sometimes it takes that for God to get us talking to him? It takes those moments where you're in the hospital going, okay, God, you got me now. You got my, I'm ready to talk. Let's not make it get there before we talk to God. Let's have the conversations with God always, and as life comes like a good father does, he goes, hey, we're going to figure it out together. We're going to get through this together. Hey, come on. Hey, you fell down? Get up. We're going to figure this out together. It's going to be awesome. Connect with God relationally. Number two, keep your heart right with God and people. Keep your heart right with God and people. I'm going to give you the most challenging thing you're going to get this month. And I want you to chew on it all month long because I think it will do more in you than you realize. Matthew five twenty-three. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has, say this say this next part with me. Someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Let me reread this for you because I know what some of your brains naturally did. So if you were presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that you're mad at somebody, that's not what it says. You suddenly remember that you needed to apologize for something to somebody. That's not what it says. You suddenly remember that someone has something against you. That's, That's There's people out there that have something against me. (laughs) There's people out there that I'm the villain in their story, I promise. Somebody. There's somebody out there that you're the villain in their story. And the question that he says is, don't worship God with an impure heart until you've tried to make it right with people. Don't come and stand before God and go, God, everything's good if you've hurt people that you've yet to make right. And not even if you did it intentionally. Think about that. He's going, not even if you meant to hurt them. Not even if if you did something wrong. They just have something against you. You know what it means? It means we got to be the bigger people. It means we got to be the bigger person. It means sometimes going, you know what? I'd rather be at peace than I would be right. I'd rather be at peace with you than I would be right. And I know, trust me, it's in all of us that desire to be right there's some times where me and Alex will be arguing, and I'll call my dad, and i "She just, if she would just listen to what I'm trying to say, the world would be perfect if she would do everything I said to do, okay? And he goes, son, do you want to be at peace, or do you want to be right? And I always go, well, you know what I want to say. <laughs> but the true answer is, there's times I've got to learn to be at peace, and I'm okay not being right. This last week, I was praying. As I was getting this message ready, I'm praying, and God put someone on my heart. Y'all would be mad for me for a long time. Someone that did me really, really wrong. Like like if I told y'all, y'all would be mad for me, okay? Did me really, really, really wrong. Hurt me very, very, very badly. And as I'm praying, God goes, they still have something against you. You need to make it right with them. And my conversation with God probably sounds like yours. God, but they did it to me. (laughs) I didn't do anything, God. This was them. Tell them this verse. Go make it right with them. God, you realize in order to do that, I'm going to have to lie to them. So that's breaking a sin, okay? That's committing a sin to be able to do what you're asking me to do. So I don't think that's you. I think that's the devil. I'll continue praying. (laughs) Go make it right with them. God, uh, the person has been waiting for two years to say they were right. And I know they're not right, God. And you know they're not right. And everybody else knows they're not right. And if I tell the whole church, they'll know they're not right, God. (laughs) Go make it right with them. And so I texted the person and I said, Hey, I want to apologize to you for doing and listed out the stuff that I did not do that they accused me of doing towards them. Okay. And it was the heart, I'm looking at that button going, like, should I even send God. I, oh, God, why? It's not even me. And I had sin, and for the first time in two years, this person responded and said, Hey, you know, that's that's all I really wanted was an apology for the thing, you know, you to own up to what you did. And I'm just going, like, oh my God. I'm, <laughs> okay, I love you. Love you. Bless you, brother. You know. But you know what? I walked away from there going, God, I wasn't doing it out of obedience to them. I was doing it out of obedience to you. And at the end of the day, my obedience to God is more important than me being right with anyone here. My obedience to God. And what does he say? He goes, if you're at the altar offering something, if you're getting up in the morning for 21 days of prayer, if you're reading your Bible and someone comes to your mind that has something against you, hey, be the bigger person this week. Text them and go, I just want you to know, I'm sorry. It was me. It was me. Even if it wasn't you. Even when, it, when, it, when it, everything in you goes, don't say it was you. You know what? I can be the bigger person. Not because of them, but because God has asked me to keep my heart right towards people. And when I operate that way, I operate in a continual scale of, God, I want to make sure all my relationships are in line with who you are. I want to make sure all of my relationships are in line with you, God. And if they're not, I'm willing to rectify them. It keeps me humble. The Bible says the Lord resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Living like this, keeps you humble. God's desire is that we would live a life of humility like that, that we would live a life going, Hey, I'll apologize. I'm, I am a professional apologizer. Okay. Like I apologize. All it doesn't matter. Alex is like, did you? I'm like, I'm sorry. Whatever it is. I beat you to it. So let's just call it. We'll call it over right there. Cause I'm sorry. It's me. I be professional apologizers and watch how God will show up. I think God does this on purpose because you're no closer to loving God than you are to loving people. They ask Jesus, Jesus, what's the most important commandment in the whole Bible? And here's what Jesus says. All of the commandments, and in, in, in the Jewish law they have like 676. So he goes, all of these can be summed up into two. Wow, that's impressive. All the rabbis, all the Pharisees, all the scribes are, tell the two. This, how? How are you going to shrink 700 to two? And he goes, if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and if you will love your neighbor as yourself, all of the other laws will be fulfilled inside of those two. What is he telling us right here? He's saying, hey, keep your heart clean with God, keep your heart clean with people, and that will take care of ninety nine point nine percent of things you ever encounter in this life. God's desire is that we would have a right heart with Him and people. And number three is Joey. As a closing, come up. Depend on Him for everything. Depend on him for everything. Psalms 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hey, I want you to pray this this week. I want you at some point, because inevitably for someone in here, there's going to be something that comes up that you go, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. And I want you to know when those moments happen for me in life, this is what I do. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Nope. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And you know what happens? You say that out loud enough times, you start to actually believe that he made heaven and earth. You start to actually think he's capable of doing what he said he could do. You start to actually trust that God can show up and do something amazing in your life. It's amazing when you start to credit God for how awesome he is, how you actually begin to believe that he's that awesome. Depend on him for everything. God, everything I have is yours. God, if there's something you want from me, you can have it. God, if there's something you want me to do, I'll do it. That's the prayer I pray every single morning. God, everything I have is yours. My family, my life, my health, my calling, the church, everything I have is yours. God, if there's something you want from me, the answer is yes. It's yours. Take it. God, if there's something you want me to put away, if there's something that's displeasing to you in my heart, God, it's yours. I don't want it. Take it. God, my sole desire in life is to depend on you for everything and be close to you and love people out of a reflection of that. Let me me tell you what happens. What happens when you do this? let Let me tell you what happens. Same thing will happen in your marriage if you do this. Same thing will happen in any of your relationships if you do this. You get fresh air. You get fresh air. Spiritually, you get fresh air. Relationally, you get fresh air. You wanna know how to revive your relationships? Communicate more, talk more, be more vulnerable, be humble, be open. What happens when you live like that? You create a pathway for connection like nothing else can when you're humble, when you're open, when you're vulnerable, when you're honest, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of that interaction. You will build healthy relationships. Your air will be fresh. But listen to me, it starts with the most important relationship that there is. Going into 21 days, I know that for some of you, some of you maybe you're here and you go, what is 21 days? So we do 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. We do 21 days of prayer and feasting in August, which just means you can eat. But the the one in January... We fast, all of us fast something different. So you, if you've never fasted, I encourage you, do some research. Maybe you just want to fast social media. Maybe you want to fast TV. Maybe there's something that you go, hey, I need to give up this habit for 21 days. Or I'm gonna, Maybe it is a meal. Maybe you go, you know what, I'm going to have a meal and that I'm not going to eat. And I'm just going to spend time with God during the normal time that I would be eating that meal. Whatever it is that God puts on your heart to do, I encourage you to do it. Because there's no greater way first to start off your year. Secondly, there's no greater way to break through whatever is going on in your current situation. If you're walking through a hard situation, listen to me. You get up and pray for the next 21 days. And if it's not different after, we'll both leave and go find another church. Because it works. It works. I'm not telling you this because it doesn't work. I'm telling you this because if you will do it, it will change your life. Every year, I stand up here and I say this. If you will jump in wholeheartedly for a year. if if you'll do 21 days of prayer if you'll get in a small group if you'll join the dream team and serve if you'll jump in your life next year at this time during this service in 2021 will look drastically different than it does now drastically different and anyone who's done it will tell you it's looked drastically different what is God looking for? He's looking for us to depend on Him for everything He's looking for us to connect with Him relationally and He's looking for our hearts to be right toward one another that's all he wants from us. Hey, for the next 21 days, we're going to be getting up at 6 a.m. And I'll be live on, um, on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll I normally do about a, a 5 to 10-minute little message devotional thing for you to kick off your day. Pray, like give you a direction to pray. And sometimes we pray for our country. Sometimes we pray for our family. Sometimes we pray for our jobs. It's different every, every morning. And get up and spend an hour. What are we doing? It takes 21 days to create a habit. We are helping you create a habit that can carry you through 2020. We're helping you start your year off the right way. And if you will start your year off this way, I promise this will be the best year of your life. Get up, sit through the 5-10 minute thing, grab a prayer guide in the back when you're leaving. You can go through that. Sometimes I'll teach you out of that. Sometimes you can just look through it and pray through it. It is the most helpful tool for prayer that I know of. I've never encountered anything like it. If you don't know how to pray, you can pick it up and start knowing how to pray tomorrow. It's very, very simple. But I encourage you, let's do this together. Let's see. I I encourage you to test God in this. Test Him. God, if if I really throw my heart in, if I really sow my time into this, if I really wake up and spend time with you, God, let's see if you show up and do something. And I promise you, your life will look drastically different in 21 days. Why? Why? it's impossible for us to spend time and invest in the creator of the universe and stay the same it's impossible some of your lives are living testimonies of that you've seen it happen you've watched it in your marriage you've watched it in your children you've watched it in your relationships you've watched it spiritually my favorite thing is every time after 21 days of prayer people come up to me and go my you have no clue how much this changed my life and i'm like no i do i promise i've been doing it for like 10 years (laughs) we wouldn't do it if it didn't change your life (laughs) oh really it worked I love it I love hearing about it I love hearing the stories of people going I didn't think it was going to work when we started and at the end I've realized how much God has done inside of me so I encourage you let tomorrow be the start of a new habit for you let it be the beginning to the greatest year of your life and watch what God can do would you bow your heads with me God we're so thankful we're thankful for who you are we're thankful that this is a breath of fresh air God Our relationship with you was meant to be life-giving, fun, enjoyable, like a breath of fresh air. God, I pray this month as we press in for the next 21 days, God, as we pray, as we seek you, that we would see you do amazing things in our lives. God, I pray that you would meet us. You are so faithful when we give of our time, God, to show up and meet us. You are so true to your word. So today, God, as we launch 21 days of prayer, I ask that you would do something remarkable in their lives. That in 21 days, their lives look drastically different, God. Whatever it is, whatever area they're believing for, whatever miracle they're hoping for, whatever relationship they're praying as men did, God, whatever job opportunity they're praying to get, that you would show up and do what only you can do. God, we love you. We're so thankful. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here today that you go Christian. I've experienced church or I've experienced religion, that enjoyable, that gets that relationship with God that you're talking about, that fresh air, that enjoyable, that get to, not have to. I've never encountered that, but I want that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, between you and Jesus. I just simply want to pray for you. If that's you and you say, Christian, I want that today. I want to start that relationship with Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray together. You can pray out loud. You can believe it in your heart. You can say it. We just want you to mean it. That's what I want for you. Dear Lord Jesus, today I realize my need for you. I realize how far off I was without you. Today, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. And I believe you died on the cross, a death I deserved, to pay my sin bill so that I wouldn't have to. And then I believe that you rose from the dead to give me new life, hope, and freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to love you, to follow you, and to serve you all my days. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Would you give a hand to those who just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.